11, where we will take our text this morning from verse 36 all the way to verse 38. Luke chapter 7, verse 36, all the way to verse 38. And this is the reading of the word of the Lord. And the Bible says in verse 36, the one then one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. Verse 37. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flax of fragrant oil. Verse 38. And she stood at Jesus' feet, behind him and she was weeping and she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil permit me to read verse 38 again and she stood at his feet behind him and she was weeping and she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. For sure we are in the season where God is calling us to be inspired in the place of worship. And it's a privilege to understand this by the leading of the Holy Ghost. What God wants us to do in this season. This morning I'll be writing on last week's sermon that pastor brought to us that said she has done a beautiful thing for me. And this morning we're going to look in depth and we're just going to look in different dimensions what happened and transpired between Jesus and this woman that had an alabaster box in her hand. When the Holy Spirit is speaking concerning the season means you are empowered to strive within what he's saying. You may not have had results and success when you are singing and worshipping and making sacrifices alone before now. But because he's calling us in this season to be inspired in whatsoever worship we bring to him. Which means he has empowered us in this season. And this morning by God's grace I'm going to be sharing the word as entitled, Break Your Alabaster Box in an Unusual Worship. Praise the name of the Lord. Break your alabaster box on usual worship. There's a song the choir sang in the morning, and the song is really ringing in my head. Permit me, I'm going to just pray with the song. It says, Hallelujah, that's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. I say that's all I have to say. Sing along with me. Hallelujah, O oh Lord. That's all I have to say, my Lord. That's all I have to say. I say that's all I have. Sing it along with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Yes, Lord, that's all I have to see. That's all I have to say. That's all I Amen. You may be seated. God bless you in his presence. Hallelujah. You know, there are times you're just short of words. The only thing that may just come is just a word. And the songwriter says, all he has to say is hallelujah. Luke chapter 7 verse 36. So the Bible gives us an impression. Last week, we, pastor came and shared with us what, what a beautiful thing the woman had done. And if you look at the story of the woman with the alabaster box and all through in Matthew, the accounts of Matthew, Mark and Luke, for some reason the accounts seem to differ from themselves. So there are some points that Mark took that Matthew did not take and Luke took that Matthew, Mark did not take. And so what we're going to do this morning, we're just going to take every bit of it and form a very big story out of it. It is a season God is calling us to inspired worship. And I need to be clear here, like Pastor said last week, when we talk about worship, we're not referring to songs alone. We're not just talking about choir singing and we're raising our hands and we're singing. Worship itself is beyond songs. We're talking about worshiping with the gift that God had given you. For every Sunday that the choir ministers, for every Sunday the ushers are working, for every Sunday that the prayer team are praying, they are only but worshipping before God. And last week he talked about selflessness in the place of worship. So we're not really talking about praying and, sorry, about singing. We're talking about everything that has to do with the relationship that you have with God. So every time that you come and sow a seed before God, we've said this over and over again, it's a form of sacrifice. It's a worship that you are giving to God. Sometimes you come with an amount to give to God, but the Holy Spirit speaks to you differently from what you intended to do, and he tells you to do something different by the reason of the seed you are about to give. It's a sacrifice and it is a worship. And sometimes you don't feel like coming to church. You don't feel like praying. You don't feel like fellowshipping with the brethren. But you make time out of the little time that you have. That in itself is a form of worship. It's a sacrifice. But what the Holy Spirit is telling us this season, that beyond the time that you give, beyond the, beyond the seed that you sow, that you must come to the point that whatever you do that has to be relating with God has to be inspired. So it's not what I really feel like, but what the Holy Spirit tells me to. Pastor said something last week. He says, before you give, ask the Holy Spirit what you need to give. Until we have that relationship, you cannot experience inspired worship. In John chapter 4 and verse 23, Jesus speaking concerning this very moment we are. Jesus said, I need you to listen and, and watch carefully. Jesus speaking says, but the hour is coming. Let's read together. But the hour is what? And he says, the hour has already come. The hour is even now. What did he say? He says, when the true worshippers must what? Will worship the Father in what? In spirit and in what? And in truth. Now, you need to understand that when it comes to inspired worship, the Holy Spirit has to tell you what to do. 
So Jesus was saying, you're going to come to a point where anything you have to do called worship must be inspired by the Holy Spirit. And he said, you must do it in truth. That's why he says, for he searches the heart. So you can spend all the time. The reality and the question is, are you really doing it in truth? That's what true worship is concerned. So if I have to do it, I must be told what to do by the Holy Spirit and I must devote myself totally to whatever I'm doing. And the Bible then says, listen, he says, for the Father is what? Is what? What does seeking mean? He's looking for those, which means for some reason there may be scarcity of those who worship God in spirit and in truth. Inspired worship may be scarce in this time. Where we are trying to where we are trying to feed your ego, where we are trying to make you feel happy. The congregation have to dance to a song. Do they have to rise up to a song? No. It's saying that the Father is seeking those who will do it by the way the Holy Spirit says it. And that is what inspired worship is all about. And so when you see the story of a woman with a alabaster box, you hear of the story of the woman with the issue of blood. And she said to herself, if only I can touch the hem of his garment. Who knew there was a miracle in the hem of Jesus' garment? Only the Holy Spirit can direct you to do that. Who knew there was a miracle in an alabaster box? Only a Holy Spirit can tell you to do that. Who knows that there is a miracle in your paycheck? Only the Holy Spirit can tell you that. Who knows there is a miracle in your voice? And you are saying, I can't sing like the choir sings. There is a miracle in that your alabaster voice. And that is what worship is all about. Just celebrate this God. Isaiah 43 verse 21. One of my favorite scripture. The Bible says in Isaiah 43 verse 1. He says, God speaking says, I have formed these people. You and I. Why did he form us? He said, I formed them that they may declare my words my praise. The least we can do on every day is to what? Declare his praise. That they may worship me. In fact, when he was delivering the children of Israel from Egypt, he said to Moses, tell Pharaoh that he should let his people go that they may hold a holy convocation before him. What he was saying, I need a gathering of my people to worship me. I need a gathering of my people who understand me to bless me and to praise me. And so when we start with the woman with the alabaster box, it's important we know all this first. That worship is not about songs, it's about everything we do that has to relate with God. And so let's just dive in a little bit deeper from what pastor started on Sunday. And then he first gave us the impression, he started with how the woman, how Jesus went to Simon's house. And for you to understand, Simon was one of the people, uh, lepers that Jesus had just healed. Now, I'm going to start with something. I'm going to start with four things to really give us a clear identity or a better picture of what could have transpired. Now, there was a commentary pastor read on Sunday. I love multimedia to put that up. Now, let me just explain this in four lines. Now, what usually happens back then, because most of their areas were in the desert area, so they lived in the desert area. So for you to go from one place to the other, most likely you are going to be covered with dust. So you will see them covering their hair. There were dust everywhere. So if you are walking, dust is going to be on your hair, it's going to be on your hand, it's going to be on your feet. You're just going to be covered with what? With dust. 
So if you are coming to visit or you are being visited, one of the things that was usual for every home to have. Now watch this carefully. You may need to write this down. We're going to visit these four things and as related to the woman with the alabaster box. Number one, one of the usual things that every home will always have is a jar of water. So every house will have a jar of water. So when a visitor comes, you will give the visitor the water to wash the hands and wash the dusty feet, wash the dusty head. The water was just there. Sometimes if you, if you have servants, what usually happens is a servant that will wash the feet, that will wash the hands and wash all this. Are we together here? So just paint a picture of this season where we are, where we have... Where we have coronavirus everywhere for now. And so water was everywhere. So the jar will be there. So you have to scoop the water and wash your hands. Now remember the story that Jesus turned water to wine. Do you remember the story? Now how did Jesus do the miracle? What did Jesus tell them to do? To do what? To fill the jars with what? Why do you think the jars were fallow? It was because there was a party. So in a party as well, there's always jars of water, but there may be many because you're expecting more guests and more visitors. So they come, they scoop the water, wash their hands, wash their face, wash their head. And so during that period, the water was low. Jesus said, there are jars of water, fill them up and I'll turn it to wine. This is just giving you that good impression that the jars of water was a usual thing for every home to have. In my house, we have sanitizers. So when you come to the house, I will sanitize your hand before you come in. When the coronavirus was in the peak initially, so my wife gave instruction to the children, anyone that comes to the house must wash their hands, then sanitize them before they, what? Before they come in. So one day I was coming from work and I knocked and the children were running all the way to greet me. And I noticed all of a sudden they stopped and they ushered me to wash my hand and sanitize my hand my own biological children. Amen. So you can see every home has sanitizer. So they directed me to what to do. Wash your hands. And then when I'm done with that ritual, they run back to their room and then repeat the process of repeating me. Amen. I never had problem with that. Trust me. But I only had problem when the same law didn't apply to my wife. Amen. When she comes in, they, they, they break all protocol and they run and do what? And they hug her. And she gave that law. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now I'm reporting her to the public. Amen. So now you see why the jar of water was very important in every home. Going forward, number two, when the visitor has finished washing their hands, the next thing the, the, the host does is to hand over a napkin to the person. And what do you think the napkin is for? To dry up the hand. So he cleans his hand, clean his feet. Remember, if you have a servant, it's a servant that will take up that responsibility. Are we together here, church? I say, are we together? Then number three, when the, when, when the guest has finished washing their hands and drying up their hands, then and only the host will now greet the guest. Pastor taught us how they greet. Who remembers? Remember, this is what he said. Greeting a guest with a kiss on both what? On both cheeks was a normal thing, a usual thing in the Middle East. 
So they greet themselves with the chicken. Just like if you go to the island or you attend some parties of some group of people. You know how those island people greet, you know. They hug themselves. Oh, Mr. Brown saying they hug and then they do and then both chicks. Is that correct? So that's how they greet themselves. But on the mainland, we don't greet that way. So only few of us greet that way. I attempted it one time and I said I will never attempt it again. So I said to myself, me too, I will greet like the islanders. When I see the person, oh, Mrs. Brownson, I give her a hug, mwah, and then mwah. I did not know there's a, there's a chick that go first before the other. And both of us ended up head booting ourselves. Hallelujah. So don't try it if you don't know how it's done. You'll get to learn it anyways. Praise the Lord. So number three, when they are done greeting the visitor, the visitor comes in like pastor showed us from his commentary book. So they greet with both cheeks. It was a normal way. And then the, the third thing, the, the next thing that happens is every house, just like you have just like you have sanitizers or cream, when they finish washing their hands, they will give you an oil is an ointment. So what happens is every home, nearly all homes have this ointment. Some keep it in an alabaster box. In fact, I'm made to know that almost all homes have an alabaster box. But the way the alabaster box is, is it has a lid on top. So you open it carefully. Because if you don't open it carefully, it's always sealed with wax. Wax then was very, very rare. So it gives the alabaster box an air tight proof. So the, the fragrant oil would not evaporate out of it. You, it was an oil and when the, the fragrance evaporates the oil would dry up. So you open it carefully from the lid. You take the amount of oil you need. You anoint your visitor's hands. You anoint his feet and you anoint his head. And then you carefully close back the alabaster box and you keep it for later use. Do you understand it now? So four things I've mentioned. Number one, can you help me again? You must have a jar of what? Water. What was the second one? A napkin that will be presented. Was the third one? You welcome with a kiss on both cheeks. And number four, you have an alabaster box. Now, that is how an alabaster box it was supposed to be used. So you open the lid carefully and you do whatever you need to do. Now, in the case of Simon, Simon was a blessed man. He had a leper and Jesus had healed him of his leper. And so when he invited Jesus, what he was invariably doing was something like a thanksgiving service. Let's just say in our time, Simon has just bought a car, he has just bought a house, he's, he's having a marriage of his children, he's, he's celebrating big time for an answered prayer. We are also praying. Sometimes God answers some of the prayers and we are waiting for others to be answered. And Simon had this party to throw. And so he invited Jesus to come to his house for the party. And so Jesus came to his house with other members of his team. And remember, it was usually a community. So anybody can get crash your party. And so this woman also heard that Jesus was coming. She also went to Simon's house. Simon was blessed. 
And so you can see he was so blessed that he forgot the usual kind of worship that he was supposed to give to Jesus. He forgot that there is a worship of the water in his house. He forgot there is a worship of greeting Jesus at the entrance. He forgot there was a worship of giving Jesus a napkin. Just the same way you and I forget sometimes that when we wake up in the morning, it's a miracle of the next breath. That when you travel and come back, it's a miracle of safety. That when we do all the things you do, it's only but a miracle. So Simon missed it. The water was there. Don't miss it. The water was always there. You will be shocked he had plenty of servants that had napkins to give. You will be surprised he had everything to give as a usual worship. Then what then was the difference between Simon and the woman? Why did Jesus berate Simon? Let's now look at it and dive closer. Now let's start from what we said all from beginning. What was the first thing that I said you must have? A jar of what? A jar of... Now, multimedia, help us with our text. Um, Luke chapter 7, verse 44. Now, let me read this very slowly for you. We just need to take the first two lines. Now, listen carefully. So, Simon was supposed to have a jar of water for God's worship. Then Jesus said, Bible says, And Jesus turned to the woman. But like pastor said, he turned to the woman, but was speaking to who? But was speaking to Simon. Now, don't play church here. Let's not make ourselves the righteous one. Now, when I was studying this, I discovered that a couple of the things I'm preaching, so much applies to me. So Jesus is speaking to, 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 the, to the woman with our alabaster box, but he's looking at you and I. The Simons is in the house. And what did he tell Simon? Listen, he says, do you see this woman? Now read carefully. He says, I entered your house. And let's read together. He said, you gave me no water for what? For my feet. So what was the water supposed to do? To clean the feet. Now let's read on. But what did the woman with the alabaster box do? But she has washed my feet with her what? With her tears. Let's not deny the fact that life itself can present tearful situations. You are waiting for that thing so hard and life has not presented it to you. You got it sometimes, but you missed it. You lost it. Life makes you tearful. So all we do sometimes, we cry about a situation. In our finances, there are some people we are crying and we are trying to make ends meet. In your marriage, your relationship, there are tears that some people are crying at this moment. You are trying to raise kids, you are going into your ministry. There are so many unanswered prayers. The only thing we have is the tears of the woman with the alabaster box. We are not yet blessed like Simon that we have a whole lot of jar of water. What the enemy tells me and you is you have no reason to worship God with your tears. You are so tearful you should be complaining to God to bless you like Simon and be rich like Simon. And so you have no reason to bless God, to praise God, to worship him, to give him his time, to give him your time. And so we may be complaining every time and every time and all you have is tears in your eyes. The tears of the finances, the tears of raising the children. But the woman with the alabaster box did something unusual. 
The usual was to use the water that Simon had. But since Simon did not use the water, sometimes you are waiting for those who are rich to sow the seed. Maybe they are not sowing the seed. Sometimes you are waiting for the choir to sing because they have good voices. Maybe they are not. And you are saying, I don't have anything. God did not even bless me with key A or key B. I don't have any key to sing. So what can I sing? You are crying because your situation seems tearful. But the woman, Jesus said, this woman have done a beautiful thing. Because for every tear she cried, she was praising and worshipping with her tears. You are crying and complaining just like the enemy wants me to do. But I'm saving up my tears for worship before God. I'm saving up my tears for praise before God. I see that the master's feet is dirty. But I don't have water to clean it, but I have tears in my eyes. Rather than complain, I will wash his feet with my tears. I see the master's feet dirty. Somebody need to sing but I don't have the voice I have the tears in my voice but I will wash his feet yet with my tears they need to sow a seed in church but people are not donating I have so little can it do so much with my tears yet the master says this woman have done a beautiful thing with her tears she have washed my face you couldn't sow the seed but the people who did have little sowed the seed and Jesus looked at her and said this one have done a beautiful thing. Give God praise in the house this morning. Life will always throw us lemons. But what do we do with the lemons? Make lemonades or cry with it? One thing I have seen and I understand. For every tear, I will turn it to worship before the king. I heard of a story of a man who for some reason never had a job. And every time he comes to church, he writes a note on the tanks, on the offering box. And then he will write a note and say, Lord, I have no job. I had to trek from my house all the way to church. I wish I had a penny. I would have given it to the service of the Lord. For a year, for a two, this man keep writing a note of thanksgiving for everything he needed to give. When he gives so little, he attaches a note as well with it. And for some time, they never saw him again. No more notes were coming to church. And they thought he has left church. And someday, they saw another note coming as they were counting in the counting room. And then they saw something. Someone gave money, but in dollars. And the same person that was thankful during his tearful period said to him, I come to thank God for what he has done concerning my life. What if he had remained tearful and bitter? What mean if he had caused God to his feet, to, to his face because he was tearful? But he chose to praise God with every tear that he had. Rather than have the unusual water of Simon and do nothing with it, God is looking for worshippers that wants to cry with their tears and worship him still with their tears. Do we have worshippers in the house? Give God praise in the house. Give God praise in the house. Number two, what was the second thing that we said we must have? Help me now. What's the second thing? A napkin. Amen. So we said a napkin was for what? Drying up the hands. Luke chapter 7 verse 44. But before we do that, let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and in verse 15. 1 Corinthians 11 and in verse 15. The Bible says in verse 15, but if a woman, now I need you to be engaging. Let's read it together. Church, one, two, go. But if a woman has a long hair, 
It is a glory to her. For her hair is given to her for a covering. So the Bible is saying for every hair a woman has, if it's long hair, short hair, for every hair, it is for her what? For her covering. And then the Bible went ahead and said, it is the crown of what? Of glory. It is the crown of glory. So he uses the hair of a woman to give an illustration of how God can crown you with glory. So that is why you see women, they can guard their hair because it's a crown of glory. If the hair is not long enough, in the market they sell them, don't they? They sell Brazilian hair, they sell which other hair? Sorry? Bone straight. Uh, yeah, I love that one. Bone straight hair. And our sound is not too expensive, maybe 120, 130,000. Have the price come down? We are waiting for the price to come down. So that's why when they wear this hair, if I have a bone straight hair on this head, 120,000, I'll be stroking it all the time. You will know you're a learner when it comes. 120, I'll stroke 1,000, 2,000, 1 million. One, they are here for 1 million. Name of the Lord be praised in Jesus' name. Anytime my children finish making hair, I tell them their hair is looking lovely. And I teach them that I'm going to make it such a hair next time. And they look at me and say, Daddy, you don't have a hair. And then one of them was bold enough to ask me, did God ever give you a hair? Praise the Lord. I said, when I get to church, I'll ask Pastor Steve. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to shock you one day. I'm going to let multimedia post the picture of myself way back where I was carrying dreads and afro. Amen. It's possible. Hallelujah. So, the, every woman's hair is a crown of glory. Now, don't look at the woman's hair because it was just an illustration. You have a crown that God has blessed you with. To some person, it is your marriage that has become your crown of glory. God has so blessed your marriage. You don't know what it means to be in a hurtful marriage. To some, it's your business. God has crowned you with business that is so fruitful. You don't know what it means to go in debt or to lose a business idea. To some other person, it's a good health. You've been blessed with health. One moment, two moments, all your family members, no one goes to visit the hospital. It's a wedge, it's a hedge God has put around you. And God has blessed you with this crown of glory. To some people, it is success. You are so, you're, you're, you're so blessed as a person. You are, now your personality is so large because God has placed that crown of glory in our head. To so some other person is the gift, is a talent like the choristers do. God has blessed them with such a talent. Is a crown of glory when they, they, they can sing anytime they want to and they command the heavens. You are desiring such a thing from them. And that is a crown of glory that God gives sometimes. And the next one, the Bible still went and said, they said, if he has blessed you with a long hair, sometimes God allows you to enjoy success for a long time. And so we get to the point where we understand that we have a crown of glory in our head. We have the crown of wealth in our head. We have the crown of personality, of the crown of gifts, and whatsoever it is that God has given us. 
And sometimes we, 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 we misuse the crown. Why? Because God gave, gave us the crown and now we have turned ourselves to the king. Forgetting that there is only one king that crowns other kings. The Bible says in Revelation, he talks about the 24 elders. And he talks about the crown on their head. And he says for any time they come to the place of worship, they cast down their crown. Hello sir, please can you come and sing for us to just to open the church. And then you ask because of the crown of the gift. And you ask how many people are in church? They say maybe like maybe 10 or 20. Because of the crown of glory, you, 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 we become pompous. And we say, when the church is full, let them call me. I can't sing in such a place. Sir, we need you to please stand up. Please, this COVID, social distancing. We have visitors that are standing based on yesterday's evangelism. You are telling me to stand up. This man doesn't know who I am. Who are you to tell me to stand up? What are you? Where are you from? And so we become kings based on the blessing that the Lord has given us. And so for a long time, we say to ourselves, we cannot stand up. We cannot do this. That is the crown that Jesus gives us. Going back to Luke chapter 7 verse 44. Now read this carefully now. The second thing the woman did, we said, then the Bible says he turned to the woman and said, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my with her tears. Now read the next line. And wiped them with what? Now what is the hair on every woman's head? It connotes. It connotes the glory she carries. It was out of place and unusual for her to use her hair to wipe the master's feet. It is unusual for her to use a crown to wipe the master's feet. But in the place of worship, she saw that the master's feet is wet and the master will catch cold. Rather than glory in the crown that the same master had given me. She cast down the same crown to make sure the master was comfortable. You and I can't and not attain that level. Where we say to ourselves, the crown of blessing that the Lord has given me. I will lay down in the place of worship. The church needs money. The church needs a seed to be sown. I have a lot of money, but I don't feel like giving. But this saying, the woman is saying, I will lay down that crown and wipe the master's feet. Do you have a crown in your head that you're glory with? God is saying in the place of worship, it's not a place to hold a crown together. Don't make the song too fast. If you make it too fast, we'll be dancing and be sweating. When we sweat, our hair will be sweating as well. In the place of worship, that doesn't matter. And so we count all our blessings, but we cannot lose anything. First Corinthians, Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 and verse 8. Philippians 3, verse 7 and 8. So Paul was in that category. Paul said, but that... But one thing, but one thing were gained to me, that he have counted it but lost for who? For Christ. Next verse. He then says, yes indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. What is it that you are yet to bring down that is a crown of your glory? We know you are busy, sir. But we just need you to attend meeting in church. I am busy. I cannot offer that crown of glory. We need your children to serve in church. My children, they are my crown of glory. Let other children serve. 
We need you to sing in church. My song, my voice is for pay services. If you are ready to pay me a million naira every service, I will come and sing. The same crown we cannot bring down. Simon had, had napkins everywhere. But he couldn't release the napkin. But the crown on somebody's head was what she praised. And our prayer is that the Lord will give us understanding when it comes to worship in the name of Jesus. I remember vividly a story. I remember vividly whilst growing up, we were worshiping in a place where the floor wasn't tired. There were new buildings. So when we sweep, there will be dust everywhere. You have to water the floor before you sweep. And for everything you do, dust will rise. And on this Sunday morning, we were waiting for worshipers to come. And we had swept and swept and swept. And then we arranged the seat. Only for us to find out that there is no napkin at all anywhere. Has it happened to you? You just look for a napkin in your car, you cannot find any. You just look for something to clean something, a rag, anywhere you cannot find. And so we looked for and we could not find. And the leader of the team, I remember at that time, the next thing we saw was that he started to unbutton his shirt on a Sunday morning. When he was done unbuttoning his shirt, he hung it on the wall. And then in within them, we could see this singlet. Way back then, white singlet was rare anyway. So if you see somebody wearing white singlet, it means he's really keeping it. And so his singlet was briefly white and you could know that he has given good care to that singlet. And he removed the singlet out of his body. The crown of his body. And he ripped the singlet in pieces. And then he shared it to the younger ones that were around. And he told us to start cleaning all the tables that, and the chairs that were in the church. Sometimes God will demand what you have that you are holding on to. For him to define what service is all about. Convenience is not the same as sacrifice. When you have to spare, God is looking at it. And he says he's the God that searches the heart. So when you do it, he knows. He says he's seeking those who will worship in spirit and in truth. Can you rip your singlet to, for the church to be clean? Can you do anything that has to do with your crown? For every service you are having, there, is a, there are people who have laid down the crown of time for two hours to pray for this service. For every good service you have, there are people who have laid down the crown of their talent so that you have a good service. For every service that you have, there are people who have laid down their crown of financial commitment to ensure everything is working. What is your crown? And have you ever laid it down for once? Give God praise in the house. The name of the Lord be praised. I'll go to number three and number four and we will close. What was the third thing? Please help me here. So he will welcome the visitor with a kiss. Now remember I said, if the visitor comes in, if he's your contemporary, then you can kiss the person on the cheek. That if it's a servant coming to welcome, the servant can't kiss someone on the cheek. Servants will either kiss the hand or they will kiss the feet. So they can't kiss the master by the cheek. They only kiss the master by the hands or by the feet. Simon was in the position to kiss the master by the cheek. To some of us, we are qualified to kiss the master by the cheek. But the master never got any. Look at yourself and your profile. The things that your personality should do that you are not doing. That the people below are coming up to take the place of the worship. And Jesus is saying, these ones are the ones that have done the beautiful thing. 
First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11, 12, 11, pardon me. So the gifting that you have, the Bible says they are only, you, we are only custodians of every blessing that the Lord gives. For every gift of song that he has given you, it's for a purpose. I was shocked when, when, when God was taking the children of Israel out through a season and he was preparing them to build them a temple. And the Bible says, and he selected the talented people to do every piece of work in the temple. And when there was war and rebellion, God preserved all those people because they have an assignment for the future. Your talent and the reason why you are still here is because God is preserving you to meet the hearts of other people. But one and the same Holy Spirit that is teaching us inspired worship, he says he works all things, distributing each one individually as he wills. So he gives you ability to pray, or God pray. If he tells you to sing, or until what? Sing. If he tells you to play keyboard, play what? Keyboard. If he tells you to play guitar, play guitar. Praise the Lord. We call it guitar back then, not guitar. Hallelujah. So Simon did not kiss the master. Give us verse, verse 45. And Jesus speaking to Simon says, I expected you to kiss and welcome me. Pastor said something that I like. He said sometimes that Jesus throw face from it doesn't mean he doesn't like it. The fact that he passes, you don't greet him and he's not complaining doesn't mean he doesn't want, want it. But he is a merciful God. He gives us time. He allows us to misbehave. And the time that we are using to misbehave, he's busy raising other people that are below. He says, you gave me how many kisses? How many? None on the left, none on the right. But Jesus was craving for worship that was going to touch him to the soul. And he says, but this woman has not ceased to kiss me where? Did the woman have the privilege to kiss the master on the cheek? Did the woman have the privilege to sing the master? So you are saying, I can't come up to sing. That is why I don't sing. If you don't have the privilege to stand on the pulpit, you are a pastor in every talent that you have. You are a minister in every position that you have. If God will bring us to the feet, the feet we will kiss. If God will raise us to the cheek, the cheek we will kiss. But for one thing we are sure, our worship will continually burn in the presence of the Lord. Come on, give God some unusual worship in the presence. I have a colleague, very dedicated colleague in the Jehovah Witness who go preaching. And one day he shared a story to me and he said, they were going preaching door to door. And then one of the, one of the members knocked at a door and the person opened the door and seeing them with their bags, the person began to curse them saying, you don't have anything meaningful to do with your time. And it caused and rained all the curses on them. I said, go and look for something valuable to do with your time. You are in church morning to afternoon. You don't have something else to do with your time. You are giving God your talent in church. You don't have where to sell that talent. That is why you are here. And when the person had left, he said, give me audience to say one thing. He said, no, I will not give you any audience to say a thing. 
Sometimes if you refuse to kiss the master on the feet, those who also have privilege to kiss him on the cheek comes down to do the job. And the man said, let me just say one thing. He said, say just one, then leave. He said, I am the MD CEO or one of the first three banks in Nigeria. I have no time, but I'm making time for this. And then he said to him, I tell you that Jesus loves you. Sometimes we think you don't have job. That is why you're spending time. But it's a sacrifice, an unusual sacrifice. One more time, give God praise in the house. There's a song pastor took on Wednesday, Fragrance of Worship. Let's do it in a very short moment. You can come up, let's just do it. And give God some, some reckless and unusual praise. Number four, let's take number four, then we praise God. What was the fourth thing that the Bible says they would do? Anoint the head with oil. Now, this is the key part now. Where do you think the oil is kept? I told you earlier that the oil is usually kept where? In the alabaster box. Now, it's always sealed with wax. You don't, when you open it, you open it carefully. So that the lid doesn't go open and then everywhere will, will be, will, will, the, the oil will dry up. Now, multimedia, help us with Mark 14 verse 3. Now, last week, pastor was preaching and he said, when they saw that the oil was everywhere, what did they say? The disciples started to do what? To complain. In verse, four, in verse 3, the Bible says, and being in Bethlehem in the house of Simon the leper, this is another version in Mark, he says, and he sat at the table, a woman came, having what? Read with me, an alabaster flat of very costly oil of sprinkler. Now listen, remember we said, every alabaster box is sealed with wax. You only open the lid. But usually that is how Simon was supposed to do it. Open it, give God the praise of your time, your worship, your gift, then close it back for a later use. But there are times when the Holy Spirit demands more than opening. Because the oil will dry up if you open and leave it. The woman did not open the alabaster box. If she had opened it, then disciples wouldn't have issues with her. Because she will have used the amount that was required at a particular time. So she will come to church 9 to 11 at particular amount and she's done. She will sing a particular song at a particular amount and she's done. But when you come to a Holy Spirit inspired kind of worship, he demands something out of the usual sometimes. In this case, the Bible says she never opened it. The problem with the disciples wasn't the fragrance. was because she opened and she broke it. When you break an alabaster box, you can't close it back again. It means you have broken it to use all at a time. And all she had, the Bible says, that was worth the wage of one year. I could have used one for a day for the Lord Jesus. I could have used one for a day the next time. I could have sung a praise for one time. But the Holy Spirit told me, I don't want you to open this time. I want a breaking. Because when you break, you are not keeping for the later. That breaking means you are sacrificing everything. What is it that you have that you are using gradually? The Holy Spirit is saying you need a breaking sometimes. Sometimes you have to break your time to serve me. So 
Sometimes you have to break your finances to serve me. Sometimes you have to break your marriage to serve me. Sometimes you have to break the alabaster box of your lead to serve me. Matthew 26 verse 8. The problem wasn't in the opening. Because she broke it and she cannot reuse it. Ah, only on one man. You are lavishing this praise. It's an unusual praise. I'm breaking my alabaster box because we are doing something unusual. Left for Simon, he will have opened it and used chenkini and that's all. But the Bible says when the disciples saw it, this box that you have opened, you know you can't close it. I know. I'm lavishing all for the master. And they say, what is he doing? You are wasting it. If you have never come to the place where people are accusing you of wasting your time, of wasting your money, or wasting your resources, most likely your alabaster box is still very much intact. This morning will break some boxes in the house this morning. I said this morning will break some boxes in the house. But this is the beauty. Because the Holy Spirit is not man. If you need to talk to him, you talk to him through the spirit. And what they have in the box is something that has the fragrance. I don't know what you smell like, but God is looking for a fragrance of your voice. I don't know what you feel like, but God is looking for the fragrance of your seed. There is an oil, there is a fragrance that fills the room. Because she did just one thing. First, it may feel like fragrance. Then it's going to come to a place of fire. Because all we have left is our worship of time. And our worship is the only fragrance that we have. Do we have some reckless worshippers in the house this morning are you ready to worship this morning let's go praise Hallelujah. amen come on be reckless in the presence of the Lord Oh, 
Give him praise, give him praise, give him praise. Hallelujah. It's such a beautiful thing. Now you understand when David says, For I was glad when they say, Let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm just so inspired because the way Pastor was being body, I was feeling him die. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, Lord in heaven, we thank you for such an awesome worship. We thank you because you have taught us there is a alabaster box in our life to be broken. That we may give something unusual called worship. For we are tired of the worship of Simon having a, a, a jar full of water but not using it. Thank you because every tear will become our worship until we come to the place of where we are called in the name of Jesus. Thank you Lord because we know of a truth that Simon may not have kissed you or given you a napkin but we, we will give you a napkin of the crown of glory we will lay down. Blessed be to your name Holy Spirit and thank you for every box that is yet to be opened because you will teach us what to do going forward to the very glory of your name in jesus name we have prayed give god praise in the house this morning in the name of the lord the praise <laughs> 